This is the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast with Rachel Spencer. Listen in each week for tips on ways to win media coverage and create content to make sure your pet business stands out from the competition. Hi, and thanks for listening to this week's episode of the podcast, where I'm going to be talking about what happens if you're not visible and who misses out on finding out about your pet product or service. So this is a topic that came up quite recently in a training that I did called the Be Bold Bootcamp, which was a six-week program where pet business owners learnt to feel more comfortable when it came to putting themselves out there. And I wanted to do something where I went into a little bit more detail about it, so I thought I would talk about it on a podcast. Also, I wanted to, if this is something that you want to work on, you want to be more visible, you want to feel a bit, feel a bit more brave and a bit more confident when it comes to putting yourself out there, I am going to be rerunning the Be Bold Challenge again. It's a free five-day challenge and it's going to be happening next week. So if you're listening to this podcast as it goes out live on the 1st of September, the challenge is going to be taking place next Monday, which is the 5th of September 2022. So if you'd like to come along and join us in the challenge, the idea is that you're going to pick something round visibility that you want to be a little bit more confident around and we're going to work on it in the challenge and then by the end of the challenge you might have done a Facebook live, you might have posted a photo of yourself online, you might have sent an email, you might have launched a new product or service. The idea is you come to the challenge with something that you want to achieve when it comes to visibility and we make it happen in the free training. So I wanted to mention that first and then if you do want to sign up, if you head to the show notes for this episode, which if you're listening on an app, just swipe up and it will take you to a link. If you're listening on my website, it will be on, you'll be able to find it really easily. If you just click on that link, then that will register you for the challenge. It'll be happening in my free Facebook group, which is a publicity for pet businesses community and you can find that really easily on Facebook. You're probably already in there because it's my big uh, free group. So if you would like to come and join us, that'd be really great and it'd be wonderful to see you there. So let's go back to the topic of the show. If you're not visible, who misses out? So if you feel like, you know, do you ever feel like you're forever being told what you'll miss out on if you don't put yourself out there? You know that being seen will bring you more inquiries, more sales, more customers, but it doesn't stop it feeling daunting and overwhelming, does it? Now, the reason I'm talking about it in this way, as in if you aren't visible, who misses out, is because sometimes I think it's helpful to reframe it. And rather than think about you and how you might feel uncomfortable being visible or putting yourself out there, to actually look at who misses out if you're not visible. By that, I mean, there will be people searching for what you do on Google. They'll be asking for recommendations from friends and family on social media. They might be asking people in person. And if people, if you're not visible and people don't know who you are and what you do and who you help, then what happens? What happens is they miss out as well as you. And in this podcast, I'm going to explore this topic And I really hope it will inspire you when you're feeling a bit worried or a little bit wobbly about being visible. There has been a lot of talk on social media over the last few weeks. I have been on holiday, but I've been checking in around prolific dog trainers who are very, very visible on social media and brands who are really, really visible on social media. And often small businesses can feel intimidated by that or they can feel it might be a little bit unfair or it might feel like, you know, that person is always getting all of the all of the publicity, all of the exposure, all of these great followers and all of those things that people desire. 
And actually that can stop us from wanting to put ourselves out there because we can sometimes feel too small. But the fact is, even, you know, even your likes of celebrity dog trainers, they all started at zero. They all started somewhere. And in this episode, I want to talk about how to overcome the fear of being visible by looking at who misses out if you are. So I hope you're going to find it helpful. And if you do want to chat more about visibility or you want to come and work together, then do send me a message on social media. Do come and join in the free challenge that's happening next week. Um, and yeah, do just drop me a line. I'm at Rachel Spencer on all platforms. And do please believe that I am somebody who really struggled with being visible up until fairly recently as well. I worried about what people thought about me. I worried about what I looked like or what I sounded like. And I'm saying that on a podcast. Um, and I, you know, I, still work through all of those things so do please come and chat to me if you want to because it's something I can completely relate to. So let's talk about why being visible isn't just for TV stars and social media sensations. Now as I said this has come up quite a lot recently. So you might see posts about celebrity dog trainers or you know TikTok famous dog trainers or big brands who are everywhere, you know, like the John Lewis of the pet product world or the John Lewis of the cat bed world or whoever it is who you feel they are everywhere and they are doing so well. And, you know, often it might feel strange to you. You might feel that the way they work is at odds of how you work. You might, if you're a trainer, for example, if you might, if you are a product business, you might source your products and materials really really responsibly really ethically and you might see a competitor who you don't feel does things in the same way and it feels like they're doing really well and you're there and you're you don't you know you're comparing yourself to them now I've got a full episode on comparisonitis which I'll link to in the show notes but this can really hold us back in our business and what I've found particularly with the big celebrity dog trainers who are everywhere Often I will see comments on social media posts or in in social media groups, pet professional groups, where people are talking about this trainer and, you know, look how big they are. And actually, you know, they see this trainer and they see that they're really big. And actually they, you know, the individual who I'm talking about is also a dog trainer and they're doing really great things. They're working ethically. They're, you know, using force-free care methods, but they don't feel comfortable promoting their work. And then there's a frustration around the famous dog trainers or famous businesses getting clients and making sales. And that's completely understandable, particularly when their methods or ethics or how their products are sourced are at odds with your own. So while that can be hard, it can be hard looking at people who feel that they're really big or brands that feel like they're really flying, particularly if you feel that some of the things that they might do aren't, you know, you wouldn't feel comfortable with. It can be really hard to look at them and then think, yeah, I need to keep moving forward. I need to keep posting. I need to keep blogging. I need to be keep being visible or, you know, whatever you do that keeps you visible. It can be hard to keep going when you think that you know, these people are bigger, basically bigger and better than you. They're not. At the end of the day, there's somebody out there for everybody and you will find the people who are right for you. And it's also why it's so important that you are heard and seen, particularly when people's methods and ethics are at odds 
with what you agree with so people know there's an alternative i'm going to talk about an example at the end of this episode which i hope you'll find relatable um but what i would like to say is you know please don't feel if you're starting out or if you've not been going for very long or you don't have big follower numbers um don't feel dazzled by other people who have um because there is a place for you and pet parents who need your support whether you've got a product or service you know they need to know that you're there so next I'm going to talk about the struggle with putting yourself out there so again this is something that I've been through and still um, encounter myself so it's something I can completely relate to now when you start a business you do it because you do you know you want to do the thing that you do you want to be a cat groomer or a dog walker or a you want to make pet products or you want to be you run a pet sitting business you want to go and do the thing that you do you don't want to be a marketer you just want to go and work with the animals and you know do do good achieve great things support people and do the thing that you're really passionate about don't you but unless you've got a really big budget for somebody to do the marketing for you it's most likely that you're going to have to learn to do the marketing alongside doing the thing that you do and that is really tough all kinds of mindset things come into play from imposter syndrome to comparisonitis to worrying about what our old colleagues or friends or family members might think or you know what our ex-partner from the 1990s might think if we're doing a facebook live and they pop up all these things come into play when we're putting ourselves out there and they can make us doubt ourselves, make us wobble and that can be really hard. And wouldn't it be lovely to hand it all over to a marketing company or a PR company? It would be brilliant, wouldn't it? But, you know, most of us, we're not in a position to do that, are we? Certainly not um, starting out or in the beginning of our business journey. And, you know, and if you can hand over, then that is brilliant. You know, hats off to you because that's a lovely position to be in. The other thing that we're up against as well is there is so much, there's so much conflicting information about what you should be doing, where you should be, what the best formats are, what the best social media platforms are. We've got all these things popping up all the time, all these bright, shiny objects. We've got all these different things that the platforms want us to do from more video to reels to, to all kinds of different things. And it's not surprising that that, that can lead to feelings of paralysis and helplessness because it's really hard. But if you don't tell people who you are, what you do, why you do it and who you help, again, how are they going to know that you're there? So it's about finding a way of marketing yourself that is that you are comfortable with, isn't it? The other thing, when I was when I was thinking about this episode, I had a call with one of my friends and she's called Making Sang. She's a FOMO creator. I've done a couple of episodes with her that I'll link to in the show notes. But when I was chatting to her about it, we were talking about, you know, if you're not visible, who misses out the title of the podcast? And we were just chewing the fat over the whole topic. And she was talking about um, how marketing can feel like a dirty word and people can feel really overwhelmed by it. And actually, we might need to reframe it a little bit. So let's think about you know why you're in the pet industry in the first place you're in the industry because you want to help people you want to help animals you're not in it because you want to sell although that is part of what you have to do and marketing can sometimes feel like you know a dirty word it can feel like you know there are all kinds of connotations around it and when I was chatting to making we were talking about you know what if we reframe marketing and look at it as letting people know that help is out there so rather than marketing you're simply offering people a solution to their problems and by reframing it that way and thinking okay you know when I if I put out a Facebook post or if I put out a podcast or if I send out an email 
this is actually potentially offering a solution to somebody's problem. And in that way, it can make it feel less overwhelming or less silly or less spammy. So, for example, we are going into the, you know, we've got the cost of living crisis in the news at the moment, haven't we? And, you know, it's very much at the forefront of everybody's mind. It's a really worrying time. Um, And, you know, we're looking into all kinds of different solutions to save money. Right. I hope this doesn't sound um, crass or anything because... I don't want it to be, but I've got a log burner and we were, me and Tommy, we were just chatting about, and I know it's not like I'm saying I've got a Maserati, I've got a log burner and it was in the house when we bought it, but I was chatting to Tommy about buying logs for the winter and we were talking about, God, you know, it's so expensive to heat your home. Would the log burner be more economical? And it probably wouldn't be, but anyway. Um, So I then went online and I was searching for, you know, bulk buy logs. Now, when I go online and search for bulk buy logs, it's because I want to bulk buy logs and I want to save money. Um, and that's what I'm searching for online. And those people whose websites were coming up when I was trying to find these logs for the blinking log burner, whether I'll use them or not, I don't know. They are simply providing a solution to the problem that I've got. I want to buy bulk buy my logs because I don't know whether it might be more economical than paying the blooming gas bill. If I have got to work more, if I've got to work longer hours and I work in an office, I might want a local dog walker to walk my dog for me because I need to do those extra hours to pay the bills. So, you know, if I'm Googling dog walker Newcastle, I want to be able to find you if you're a dog walker in Newcastle because you're helping me. So actually by marketing yourself and by being visible and by being found for being a dog walker in Newcastle or for selling logs or whatever it is, you're providing a solution to somebody's problem. It might be really acute. You might be a vet. There might be a dog who's, you know, been injured. It might be a lifestyle thing. It might just be an essential, i.e. having a dog walker or a dog groomer. So I hope that reframes it a little bit and makes it feel a little bit less overwhelming or silly or spammy. So if I'm searching for dog walker in Newcastle, I want to be seeing lots of reassuring content from dog walkers in Newcastle, which will persuade me to think, right, that's the right person to look after my dog. So let's walk in our customer's shoes as well. So let's have a think about the last thing you bought. Like I've just used the log example. It's not great, but let's have a think about the last thing that you bought. What were the steps that you followed ahead of making the purchase or, you know, making some kind of decision around the thing that you were looking for? So you might have put a question into Google. You might have asked a friend or a family member for a recommendation. You might have put a request into a Facebook group or you might have searched on Instagram. And once you found the product or service, you might have then had a scoot around their website, reading their about page and their service page. Maybe you looked at their reviews online or on their website or on social media. Maybe they had some case studies or testimonials that made you feel, okay, this is really helping me with my decision to choose or not choose this personal product. And it's really likely that you would have been looking for reassurance that that person or product or service was matching your needs. And the more that you see or read or listen to from the individual or the business or the brand, where they're reassuring you, the safer you feel, the safer you feel with that buying decision and, you know, that they're the right person for you. So how does this translate into your pet business? How does this translate into, if you're not visible, who misses out? So I mentioned this earlier, often I work with clients either in my free training or paid programs and they'll feel worried about being visible and what people will think of them. And when I talk about this, I mean this in the kindest way possible. It's not about, if that's you, it's not about you. Try to think about it that way. 
And that's why I've called this episode, If You're Not Visible, Who Misses Out? It's your potential customer or client. So when you're worrying about being visible, rather than think about what it's going to be like for you, what I want you to think about from listening to this episode is to think about your potential client who's going to miss out if you're not visible. I'm going to give you an example now, which I promised I would give you at the beginning. And if you've been in any of my sessions or you've been on any of my courses or you've been, you know, if you've worked with me, you'll probably know this story. Um, If not, then this will be the first time you've heard it and I hope you find it helpful. So back in 2009, I ended up adopting my friend's dog, Daisy. I never thought I could have a dog, but my friend who owns her had a baby and I took her in for a few weeks and that ended up with me keeping her forever, which was brilliant. Um, And Daisy, she was five when I adopted her. She was a rescue dog from Manchester Dogs Home. She, Jane had done some training with her, but she was quite difficult to train, a little bit of an understatement. And we had a bit of an episode where she ran off in a field full of sheep. And I'm not going to say any more than that because it was horrific, but you can imagine what happened. A farmer came out with a gun, threatened to shoot her. And afterwards, I'd literally only had her for a few weeks. I went home. We'd been in Scotland, seen some friends. Uh, I went home and I thought, I need to find a dog trainer because that was horrendous. Um, So it was back in in 2009. It was before social media was, as you know, bigger part of our lives as it is now. So I went and looked in the yellow pages. If if you're old enough, you might remember that. It was like a phone book where you could find all kinds of different people and services. And I found a dog trainer. Didn't know anything about him. I don't even think he had a website. I just rang this guy and said what had happened. And he said, yep, come and meet me. So I went went to meet him um, at the centre where he worked. Um, and we spent an hour together. I told him what had happened. And he gave me lots of advice about what to do with Daisy. And knowing now knowing now what I know, um, I know he was an aversive trainer. And he didn't use force-free methods. He didn't use kind methods. And I was pretty horrified what, by what he suggested. So the other thing that happened at the same time as well, again, way before I knew a lot of pet professionals um i also read caesar milan's book i didn't like his methods either and i just thought well that's what dog training's like and if i go to another dog trainer that's what they're going to suggest so i'm just going to try and do my best i also i went and bought victoria stillwell's book in the end and she you know that was obviously a much kinder approach and i just thought if that's what dog trainers are going to tell me to do then I'd rather just keep Daisy on the lead, keep her safe with me, only let her off in places where I know that she's going to be safe and she won't be able to get out. Um, that's just what I'll do. Now, you might be listening and thinking, what an absolute idiot, but this was, you know, 13, nearly 14 years ago, so please uh, bear with me. Um, so that's what happened, and that's because I didn't know about force-free trainers. I didn't know about kind methods, and I thought that, that was all all you could choose from fast forward 11 years when I got patch I asked for a recommendation for a trainer from a contact and I was told about Sue McCabe who um, runs Muttermorphosis dog training up in Newcastle where I live um, so I rang up Sue said what was going on told her about told her about um, my dog and she said she'd come and help us booked a behavior package with her uh, we had like four sessions it was brilliant um she was force free obviously and she helped me train patch in a way that was really kind and ethical and it felt right and you know now i've talked about this before on the podcast but i feel really lucky to have you know a nicely trained dog his recall isn't perfect but he's generally pretty well behaved he's a lovely dog i can take him anywhere we have a lovely life um and i know that 
you know, I know how to train him and it's wonderful. And I feel really, really lucky that I found Sue and I had that brilliant recommendation, that brilliant experience. I remember her coming to the house and saying, we had Daisy's old crate there. And she said, oh, it's Patch crate train. So I said, no, we don't just got him. Uh, no, he, you know, he'll go in there if he, if he feels like it sometimes, but it's not crate train. So we talked about crate training. And then I remember her saying to me, um, so where does Patch sleep? So I said, mm, sometimes in the bed. And she was like, well, that's okay. Whereas the other trainer had been like, what? You let your dog sleep in the bed? You've literally got to pick them up and throw them up, throw them out of the room if they're on the bed. It was, you know, it was awful. So that's the difference. So when I was saying about if you're not visible, who misses out? If Sue McCabe had been around when I needed her back in 20, 2009 and had been in Cheshire, which wouldn't have happened anyway because she lives in Newcastle, and she wasn't anywhere near me, I would have had the alternative with Daisy. I would have been able to work with a force-free trainer and it could have been a different outcome. I was really lucky 11 years later when I got patched that I had this brilliant experience, but that's my whole point. If you're not visible, if people are finding people, if people are finding aversive dog trainers or finding unethically sourced products because you're not visible, they're missing out and so are you. So going back to the Sue example, uh, you know, I was introduced to her by recommendation. I then went and looked at her website. I looked at her social media. I looked at her case studies on her website. I looked at her client experiences, I googled her, found press cuttings, I had that reassurance that I was in the right place. And if Sue was hidden, I would have probably carried on my search and who knows what I would have come across or who I would have come across and what the outcome might have been. So how do you work on being more visible so people who know you, who need you don't miss out? I'm going to finish things up with a few suggestions that have worked on my business and that have worked for my clients as well. So number one is to find a core communication channel that works for you. It could be a regular written blog on your website, a podcast or video that you publish regularly on your website. Number two is choose your platforms on social media carefully. Where are your ideal customers hanging out? And which ones feel easy for you? Like I'm not great on video, so TikTok wouldn't be right for me, but I'm okay writing. So LinkedIn, Facebook, that's great. I love community. Facebook group is perfect for me. So choose your platforms carefully. Social media platforms can work, you know, every social media platform can work for every kind of pet business. It's just, you know, choosing the one that you're going to focus on and focusing on it. Another thing to do when you're feeling you're struggling with putting yourself out there is think about someone who you've worked with and what might have happened if they didn't find you, what could have been the impact? So if I talk about, you know, the Sue McCabe experience, what would happen if I'd not found Sue and I'd gone to an aversive trainer? Patch's life would have been completely different. So would mine. Um, number four is to stuff what your old colleagues, school friends, family members, or anyone who's never going to buy from you think. And number five is remember your why and the impact that you wanted to make when you started your pet business and be proud of being visible. Be proud of putting out what you do. And yep, I hope that helps. And as I say, if you're not visible, think about who misses out. So to wrap things up, if you'd like some free training on this topic, then do come and join my Be Bold Challenge, which is happening on the 5th to the 9th of September. Head to the show notes of this episode for the link to sign up. They, you will find those on my website or whatever app you're listening to. Just swipe up and it will take you to the sign up page and come out, come and hang out with me in my free publicity for pet businesses community. That's where it's all going to be happening anyway. If you sign up, you'll get the emails as well. If you're listening in the future and you're interested in working together on helping your pet business be more visible, 
do drop me a line. I'm at Rachel Spencer UK on all social media platforms. There's a link in the show notes where you can go and book a call with me if you'd like to, or you can email me. I'm rachel at publicityforpetbusinesses.co.uk. So I hope you've enjoyed today's show. I hope it's made you think about if you're not visible, who misses out and made you feel a little bit less scared about putting yourself out there. Thanks once again for supporting the podcast and I will see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast. For more free resources and ways to promote yourself as a pet entrepreneur, visit www.publicityforpetbusinesses.co.uk.